What's shaking, cats and kittens? Thank you for supporting my podcast and my sustaining partners. I want to tell you about one of them right now, Charmington Holistics. Do you know what an apothecary is? Well, an apothecary makes and provides medicines. Charmington Holistics specializes in all natural herbal remedies and is an apothecary. So, what's ailing you? Can't sleep? Got a stomach ache? Got the blues? Well, head on over to Charmington Holistics where you can find herbal support for anything you need. A personal blended tea, herbal tonic, and supplements can offer you an alternative to that Advil bottle while an in-house herbalist listens to your needs as well. Charmington Holistics is your source for all things herbal. Head on over to 425 South Conklin Street in Highland Town or visit Charmington Holistics on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. And Charmington Holistics is open 12 to 5 on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Head on over, check them out, tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in His Heart. I'm your host, Rob Lee, and this is on MTR Podcast. My next guest is a visual artist who has been featured in several exhibitions in the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area, as well as New Orleans, Louisiana, Delray Beach in Florida, Brooklyn, New York. Please welcome Emma Childs. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, I think this is going to be cool. It's going to be interesting. I can see like for, for those, this is not a visual medium. So this is audio medium, but I can see all of the cool artwork in your background. So I want to um, delve right in from there. Uh, tell us about your background, those kind of vital, uh, those vital stats and how'd you get started? Yeah. Okay. Good place to start. Um, I'm from Baltimore. I uh, went to the Maryland Institute College of Art. I graduated in 2018. I studied general fine arts there, but painting was always kind of my focus. Um, I was a transfer student, so I, I chose that. My, um, I chose that because I wanted to be able to sort of dip my feet into different. Because I always knew I loved painting, so I took some ceramics, took some fibers, but I kind of always came back to painting. And yeah, I graduated in 2018, and then I started working kind of right away. I got into a studio, and yeah, I just kind of continued making this body of work. Um, and then I went and lived in Delray Beach for a little bit in a residency. And then I came back to Baltimore in the spring of 2020, like right as the pandemic started. And I've been here since. So in listening to it, your, your, your background, you always had an interest in, in art. Like what was one of those like early memories that you're like, you know, this clicked for me. This is definitely, I saw this painting and I was like, I want to make that. Or what, what was that kind of moment for you where you're like, I know you want, I know I want to get into this um, area and I want to spend time of my life doing this. Right. I always loved art. I mean, there's pictures that my, my parents always kind of encouraged me to do art always. Like, and I was always creating and making things. There's pictures of me like naked when I'm two painting in the kitchen, that kind of thing. But I mean, it kind of continued. It was always my favorite subject in elementary school, middle school. And then in high school, I had a teacher that kind of like opened my eyes a little bit and was like, Hey, like you're, you're actually good at this. Like I get that you like it, but, um, you're going to start doing like projects like this. And she started like kind of giving me extra attention and sort of building my confidence. And she was the one, um, she actually went to Micah too, but she was the one that kind of introduced me to the, the idea of going to art school and that it can be something that you think about career wise. Cause it was just always something I love to do and had the instinct to do and sort of like an urge, but it wasn't something that I thought about as, 
like my career or, and when I thought about like, what do I want to be when I grow up? It was, that was never a question that I felt comfortable answering. Cause I really didn't know or like anything. Like I like doing art. And so once that happened, um, then it just didn't really seem like an option and it's just kind of grown organically. Like the next, I never thought too far ahead. Like I never thought like, Oh, I'm going to go to Micah and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then it's going to end up like this. <laughs> like I just kind of was like, okay, art school is the next move. And I just kind of learned as I went. And then by the time I was graduating, I had a body of work that I was super inspired by that I wanted to continue making. And then that kind of just like, I feel like that kind of gravitated different clients and different opportunities. And it just sort of became its own thing. It was never really planned out. And that's kind of how I have approached my career in general. Yeah. Like I have a show and then I don't know what's going to come after that. And that's just something I've gotten comfortable with, but yeah, that's kind of how we got here. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. I mean, sometimes having like too far ahead, it just feels, it starts to feel like work, I would imagine. And right. it but loses that's kind some of, of the energy forced to think. And that's kind of how we're forced to think about things, you know, just like how we're set up. Yeah, that's true. Um, I look at like doing this as my creative expression, having these interviews, storytelling, all that good stuff. And I'll look at the beginning of the week. It's like Monday is the most work oriented day. It's like, I got to do research. got to come up with questions. <laughs> and then I'll say, there's like, damn, I have 13 interviews this week. And <laughs> Instead of just kind of like, you know, I got a two hour block and people are just pulling up. Sometimes that is unnerving, but also it's, it, it enables me, it's that degree of difficulty thing. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I am a guy, I can flex on this one. I can't make this work. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I've been following you and you like pump out content. Like, I don't even know how it's like multiple a week, all these <laughs> interviews, like, and I don't know if that feels like work to you, but I can kind of relate where like, Sometimes do you like turn around and I'm like, oh, I made all of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just like trying not to just be like, come on, man. <laughs> you yeah. sure about your work, man? Like you sure about this? I did. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's what's cool about creative careers, I think, is like you forget that. I mean, that sounds so cliche, but you kind of forget that you're working, especially when you're working really hard. Um. So let's, let's talk about um, your process. Let's walk me through yeah. that. And uh, can you give me a look into your creative process and how do you typically start a piece and when do you know it's finished? Okay. So, I mean, if you've seen my work, obviously if you're listening to this, maybe you're looking it up. If you haven't seen it before, my work's very minimalist, geometric abstraction are probably like the hype words that you would use to describe it and sort of the concept behind it that brought me to this, like what, what this looks like, what this body of work looks like is I wanted to create visual metaphors for human experiences and relationships. Specifically, I like thinking about relationships between two people more recently. I'm thinking about more of my relationship with myself and like different sides of myself, but either way, um, that aside, that's how I come up with a shape. So like, what does that feeling like in a, like, what does that feeling feel like as a shape? Like, what would that look like? And then what color would that be? And then based on that shape, if depending on how I want the piece to interact with each other, what would that shape then look like? So you have a lot of it starts with a U and then the shape on top of that sometimes can look like it's floating up or it can look like it's melting into it, or they yeah. can be completely not getting along at all, like completely clashing. Um, or there's like a slice in between. I leave a lot of negative space too, so that it's interacting with the wall in different ways. 
Um, so it's really just creating these visual metaphors. Like I want it to look like a feeling, if that makes sense. But I also, I love the simplicity of it because it can also just be appreciated as a beautiful object too. I don't really necessarily care for the viewer to like need to understand where I'm coming from. Like I love when a viewer has their own story that they apply to it. I also love when a viewer just likes how it looks and they don't know why, because like you're getting it either way, you know? So that's kind of my concept and I'm, and like the color theory behind it and all that. And that's kind of how I get to it. But yeah, that's what's kind of made this entire body of work. Okay. So let's, let's talk about, um, and, and that's, that's interesting. Thank you for sharing that actually. Well, I know that was a long tangent and like no, no. questions off of that question. I understand. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and I, and I appreciate when, um, cause one of the things I really get out of doing this podcast is, um, learning more about, and I think the, the listeners also get a piece of it where, how does this person do their work? What, what is their process? Cause people don't really delve into that too often. And it reminds me of this, this book I've been reading where I, I really like to learn, like, what does an artist do? What does a creative do day to day? What does that look like? What are they doing in the morning? What are they doing when they're, when they're working? What are they doing uh, when they're going to sleep? What are those rituals? So you, you touched on one piece of that, but let's talk, talk about another piece. What are your other rituals that, that come to mind? Like, what is that that beginning of the day look like? What does going to sleep look like? What does um, are there certain things that you have to do every day to kind of get you in that mindset to get to your work? You got to have that that latte. What is what does that situation look like for you? I do love a good latte, but um, <laughs> I mean, the day to day, I have had to get comfortable with every day being different. I'm not a routine person. Um, the more I get structured, like the more I try to structure myself there's more stressed out I get. And then I just become a procrastinator. So what I've come to do is, I mean, like I have a schedule, I have things I need to get done. I have lists, but that happens differently every day. A good example is I happen to live right down the street from my studio too. So I have a lot of flexibility. So I'll wake up. I have a dog. I take care of my dog. I love having a dog because it makes me go outside and do something like before I do anything else. Um, I take care of myself. I have a coffee or I'll have some food. And then I come over to the studio and I'll work on a, I'm always working on multiple pieces at a time, but the way I work is in bursts. So I'll, I'll get like a move done on each piece and then I'll chill for a minute. Mm -hmm. And then that's when like emails can come in or like, you know, some of the less exciting things. And then I hop back in. So it's really like a flowy day. And that's something that I've had to get used to. That's a weird transition when you go from like, having like a regular structured schedule, like class. And then you have this, and then you have this like each hour, but, um, it's a really intuitive kind of way of living, which is kind of cool, but also kind of like weird for your head. Yeah. But, um, I mean, something that I can't work without, I've figured out is really like taking care of myself and like mental health. Mm -hmm. And like, if I'm not good, like my work is about emotions. Like I need to kind of have those <laughs> under wraps before yeah. I can really like think about them. So in a way, my work kind of forces me to like have things sorted out. But, um, yeah, that's what I would say. Instead of like the, I need this latte to get this work done. I need to be like checked in with myself. No, that's legit. And I, I, I recognize that in, in doing this and doing it as long as I've doing, been doing it. Um, I had to come to that conclusion recently, like, 
sometimes when you're just not feeling it, it's like the interview is going to suffer. And then that energy kind of goes to the person that you're talking to. And, you know, recognizing that there's a fair amount of like vulnerability when you're having these types of conversations, like people are, artists are sensitive about their stuff. So <laughs> if, if it's just like, yeah, that's interesting. Moving on. It, right. it, I'm not giving, I'm not giving anything to the listener and I'm definitely not giving anything to the, um, to the guest. So if I'm not right, then it's just like, all right, let me just take this week off. Let me just kind of sort it out because there are so many done. And sometimes I reschedule and I can come back with a, the re reinvigorated new newfound energy and maybe even better questions than what I've would have asked before and a different uh, take on what I would have done before. So definitely being able to check in and having, having your mind right. Um, when you're creating is, is big, is huge. Um, right. And I right. can look back at like some of the early episodes I did of uh, my other podcast. And I just remember people like, yo, like people were listening. It's like, yo, you were dealing with it, weren't you? And I was like, I was. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's what funny you that noticed that. <laughs> uh, yeah, like totally. a lot of, a lot of four letter words in that episode. I was like, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel you. And also like taking your day off and actually letting yourself be off on that day. I have a hard time with that. Like I always end up just doing something work related anyway, which yeah. like whatever, but you know, it's a whole, that's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. A few months back, I was able to go up there to, um, Providence. Um, it was right before school started. So it was like this college set up and it, I, I find like being around like young people or what have you in terms of like going to college and all, it's just like an energy around, well, maybe, maybe more so going to a place like a college campus or being around that environment. People are learning, people are engaging things, viewing things in a different way. And I mm -hmm. think that energy is, is transferable. So what I like to do when I travel is go to get culture, like kind of get yeah. dipped in, go to the, go to the museums, go to the sketch areas or whatever <laughs> people like to call them, but go there to try to get a real temperature on what the place is. That's what I did to kind of recharge those batteries. Uh -huh. And, you know, when I recognized that it was like, off right now is there any practice that you put in place that kind of helps you when you're in one of those spots where it's like i'm down i need to go for a run what, what does that look like for you to kind of get re-engaged um you know it might be a little bit more than having to check in but is there a practice that you do to reconnect and re-engage yeah totally i mean that can look different i mean i love looking at art i mean that's also going to sound cliche but like a trip to a museum would totally do that um but that doesn't happen as often i think the most regular one that i can think of i grew up riding horses with my mom it's like our thing we do together and i do that almost once a week with her and that kind of is like my weekly reset for yeah. sure because like totally different scenery i'm not like downtown in baltimore i'm like out like in the country hanging out with her. And, um, yeah, it's a horse that I've had since I was 13 too. So it kind of like, it's like a little walk down memory yeah. lane in a lot of ways. So yeah, I would say that's probably my most regular reset, but also like any kind of like change of scenery for me is huge. Like going and seeing my friends that live in New York, I go up there a lot, any kind of like, yeah, any kind of change in routine. Arts in equestrian fun. The child. <laughs> um, that's going to be the title of this episode, probably. Um, so, 
so I read that your, your work explores chaos and um, mundanity, um, isolation and uh, contact. So let's let's talk about those because they seem to be like kind of opposites. Right. Right. And right. I, I, I think like because I, I like to delve into the astrology of it all. Right. And yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my signs are opposites. I'm a Capricorn, Aquarius, cusp, and it, I start rubbing against each other. So I'm very interested in like, why explore like those, those differences that are kind of like polar opposites. Yeah. I think that interests a lot of artists. I mean, it's definitely a common thing that I see in a lot of artist statements. Um, I think the best way to explain that is like, just in my style, like the end result of my painting is very flat and very, especially on a phone, because most of, like in our world right now, you're seeing my work 99% of the time on a screen and that those colors are going to read as flat surfaces and like, just like maybe three or four shapes in there, maybe sure. more if like, it's like a small, I don't know, but, um, the process of it is there's a lot of different layers underneath. And there's a lot of like, you can see me like fighting with myself. Like if in person, there's a bunch of steams, there's a bunch of drips on the side. There's a bunch of layers that you can kind of see through, but you're only going to get that in person. Um, like they're really meant to be walked around. And I kind of like how the process itself, like it's a hard edge painting. It's very precise, mm -hmm. but the process itself, they're not planned. I don't sketch. I draw them out. Like even when I'm building my shaped canvases, I'm drawing that out in the moment. Like I'm sketching onto a piece of plywood and then making the canvas stretcher. Um, but the piece comes out looking really precise and the lines themselves are really precise, but the whole entire process is very intuitive and yeah. intuition and precision don't really seem to be two things that come together very often. Yeah. And a lot of the themes that I'm exploring too, are like isolation and contact, like the feeling of being connected with somebody versus disconnected with somebody or the feeling of emptiness versus fullness. And like a lot of the work, like. I want it to feel like a full, like, I want it to feel like a full feeling. I don't know. No. I'm definitely not making the most sense right now, but no, no, no. you know what I mean? I feel like it's, a, I feel like it's a spectrum that you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, like when you, you're, you, you, you describe like that, that full feeling, it's like, I was immediately going to say, I was going to have a stupid joke, but it's like, yeah, being full and being like, I'm starving. Like those are the uh -huh, opposite ends uh -huh. of that spectrum. But when you were describing it, that's what I was thinking of, like having that, that full spectrum. And then you said it and I was like, all right, let me just step all over her real quick. Yeah, um, no, go for it. No, no but, but um, yeah. like being with people, going back to how it's about human relationships, you can feel stepped on or you can feel fulfilled by the same, even by the same person in the same like hour span. Um, like that's just kind of all about what it's like to just exist as a person. I think no, that's, to experience all those things. That's legit. And I, I think like when you start looking at like feelings and I, I go back to exploring like mental health and, and things of that nature, um, just checking in, being uh, mindful of what you're doing and, and how you're living. And I, I remember this conversation I had with a therapist about, um, like what's a real feeling and what's like, mm. and he was just like, you know, when you're mad, you know, when you're sad, you know, these different things, but all of those other kind of feelings of, am I upset? He's like, when you're mad, <laughs> you don't have to ask yourself that. So it's, it's very interesting to really delve into when emotions and just these themes that are part of everyday life are, in, are reflected within your work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, 
it's something that we all experience, but it's also like, I, I love that my works made me kind of hyper aware to it. So I'm kind of always thinking about it and yeah, it just makes life really interesting. Yes. It's like, yeah, let's, let's take a, let's take a look at Emma's work. Oh no, no, no. She's reading my emotions. I'm seeing a lot of this same theme here. Oh no. Oh, she's pissed. (laughs) Right. Right. So I read that you really don't define your work by a style, but you allow yourself to learn from each of these pieces. And that's what I'm getting out of this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a piece that you learned a lot of lot from and what would that piece be? Uh, You know, I tried to think about that and I have favorites for sure, but I don't think they're my favorites really because I learned a whole lot from them. I think they're my favorites because I just surprised myself the most when, when they were finished. Mute It is one. It's on my website. It's called Mute It. That's one of my favorites. And it was just one that I made and was like, I don't know. It didn't feel like I made it, which is cool. Um, but no, I really don't. I feel like every piece I make, I learn something and it's not, it doesn't feel like there's one ultimate piece. I know that's like not the most exciting answer, but, um, you gotta yeah, be more exciting, be more exciting. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm, as, as you're talking, I'm scrolling through. Oh my. I'm when I make just... that piece, I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking at like propel. It's really got my attention here. Uh, I mean, I just need this. Like, you're right. Um, what you said earlier about these are meant to be seen in person. And yeah, that's what I'm, yeah. I'm taking. Cause it is it, looking at it on the screen, going back to what you're saying earlier. It's just like, no, there's more here. I know that there's more here. And you know, it's no, like the, the screen's not giving it, not doing it justice, I guess. That's what ultimately what right. I'm getting at. And I love the gram. I mean, no shade towards Instagram. I love it. It's a great tool. And I mean, they do translate well, but it's just not the same. So see, um, tell me, tell me about an experience. Um, or tell me how your experience has been being an artist with ties to Baltimore and kind of looking at that from the the position of having work in in, in the South and work in New York and, and, and doing exhibitions there. How has it been being an artist with ties here? Like, is it kind of one of those things that's like, yeah, I am from Baltimore. What of it? it what, what does that look like for you being an artist with ties to Baltimore? For sure. I mean, I love being from Baltimore. Um, both of my parents are from here. I think that's really cool. I love that. Like I go to restaurants where like they had some of their first dates. Like, I don't know. I just have like a lot of like Baltimore pride for sure. And then going to Micah, um, that's just a really special experience in itself in that community. Um, really like really happy to be a part of that community. I'm really glad that I made the choice to go there. And I think that, I mean, that's just Baltimore art, Micah are all kind of, that's like it. Um, and I love being able to say that I'm from here, especially when I'm doing something like in another country or across the United States, like Baltimore artists. I just like being, cause I remember whenever I see anything, like someone's from Baltimore, I'm like hyped. <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, them. And then we probably have like mutual friends somehow. Cause it's Baltimore. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pumped to be from Baltimore and I love working here right now. I mean, I don't know if I'll be here long, long term, like as of right now, I have no, in, no interest in leaving, but um, I think it's really cool. I love this city and I, I love how far it's come too. 
Yeah. I mean, like what I try to do with this podcast and being more intentional and describing it to people, which I'm like, look, the work is what the work is. I I try to do that. And you're like, no, you got to explain a little bit more. But (laughs) what I try to do is definitely I'm a person that's really an advocate of Baltimore and try to have people such as yourself uh, come on here and they're like, no, I, I do this great work and I'm from here. I, I am of Baltimore. And a lot of times that gets lost um, because there people will come here, they, they leave and somehow it the Baltimore part of it is lost in the conversation. Right. They become from New York or from yeah, right. or based in New York. Yeah. yeah which and, and people don't I <laughs> think realize. No, no. <laughs> but I think people don't don't realize that a lot of times there's like we have as many cool artists as we have here. Um, we have like really good food here. We have a really good like culture here that people Such often miss. Food. And I, I'll say when I started this podcast, I got the message of, I would be surprised if you get 20 interviews. So, so even internally, really? yeah, like I don't think you can find 20 interesting people to talk to. And I believe this is in the two yeah. hundreds interview that I've done. So yeah. I've, I've kind of disproved that, but it's really interesting. And I just like to hear that you're about it and you're doing great work. So that's the last question question that I have. Now Mm -hmm. I have some rapid fire questions for you. So the way way that these rapid fire questions work is uh, I'm just going to ask you something and um, you don't have to provide context unless you want to. So okay. it might be, what's your favorite movie? And it's like, oh, this is a hot take. Uh, I love this movie. It's just like the answer is, I said what I said. That's that's kind of what it is. All okay. right. Number one, uh, and you can frame this however you want to. Favorite color. Um. Okay. My I'm gonna. I'm already gonna explain it. My obnoxious <laughs> answer is, <laughs> my annoying answer is none. But if I had oh, to no. say one, I'd say blue. Like I was the blue sibling, you know, there's like a blue sibling and a pink sibling. I was yeah. a blue sibling. So we'll say blue. I'm seeing a lot of Navy, you and Navy blue in this visual hat, shirt, the whole situation. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm colorblind. So like, no, this works. is yeah. Yeah, yeah, right on brand. Um, Instagram or Pinterest. Instagram. What is your favorite beverage? Favorite beverage right now. I would love a margarita from Cobell. So you have exquisite taste. They make <laughs> really you. good margaritas. They really uh, I, do. I don't know what they do to them, but it's something special. Authentico. Uh, <laughs> you should check out that Carlos Raba interview. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I, I want a Topo Chico right now, to be honest with you. Ooh, I have some at home. That gives <sighs> me an idea. Jealous. Um, <laughs> when, and, and maybe this could be, this is, this is oriented around time. It could be time in terms of a season, in terms of a day, whenever. When are you at your most inspired? 10 a.m. It's really specific. I thought you were going to be like obnoxious. Yeah, 10, 15 and 48 seconds. It's like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, I thought about it, but I would say around 10 a.m. Okay. Like I'm awake. I'm awake and I'm not like still grumpy from being woken up. I'm like ready to go. That's like my happiest point of the day usually. And I'm like excited. I'm, I'm probably like, it's probably like, usually when I wake up, cause I have very vivid dreams. I was like, yo, this is going to pop in a horror movie. I watch a lot of horror <laughs> movies. It's like, this is going to pop up. Oh man. I shouldn't have died in the dream like that. I need to do better in the script. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> this is the last one I have. Um, what makes you laugh no matter what? It's going to be something dumb. <laughs> well, um, dumb things make me laugh as well. Right now. TikTok. That's fair. 
That's fair. It's yeah. a lot of goofy things honest. on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. I laugh at TikTok almost every day. So let's see. We got, yeah. Okay. Other than the social media, all of that, just, yeah. Lit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now I, I want to like offer you the opportunity to shamelessly plug. Uh, that's all the questions I have. Uh, I think we got through it. We did it. We made it happen. We made it through. But now the floor is yours. So please, please, please um, thank you. And please promote, share anything you want, social media, all of that good stuff. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I update my Instagram all the time. It's at Emmy Childs, E-M-M-E-C-H-I-L-D-S. Um, I, a lot of people call me Emmy, but most people call me Emma. Uh, my website is emmachildsart.com. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Those are the best two ways to keep in touch with me. Absolutely. Check, 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 check out Emmy. Do it. <laughs> I got to do I got to hit both. I got to hit both. I know. Check out Emmy Emma. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for, um, for, for the super talented and you're, you're delightful. Uh, oh, thank Emma you. Childs. You too. Thank you. Uh, I am Rob Lee, Sandy Art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. <laughs> <laughs>